Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Wing Cup sweeps Simmons Plains. You know, we're thinking about the championship. We're not going to do anything silly. Davison sets his sights on Sandown. Sandown's one of my faves. Hopefully I can get my first win there. And the Gears will not get into it with Dumbrell. Just 28 other guys out. As I said, and focus on the weekend. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Jamie Winkup has made a clean sweep with a dominating performance in Tassie last weekend. We want to win races as well, that's what it's all about. And uh, as I said last year, I watched the footy, you know, and when some teams are ahead by you know, five goals, they're kicking it around the back line for the last five minutes and it really pisses me off. So we don't want to be doing that either. We just want to keep going hard and, you know, the, the guy or girl who pays his 80 bucks to get in at Sydney doesn't want to see two cars circulating collecting points, you know. They want to see a, a full-on go, so that's, uh, that's our plan of attack. Well, Craig Lowndes on Saturday kept the series leader in sights with a strong second place. We're basically all year, if we can't win races, we do the best we can, and today was second was the best. It was a disappointing qualifying on Sunday, meaning that he was unable to get to the podium. It was disappointing qualifying. You know, to start 15th, um, really, you know, the car deserved to be fit better than that. I just didn't do a good enough job. But, uh, look, yeah, it was a great race, a tough race. Um, it was nice to come back through the field. FPR found some great car speed on the soft tyres, with Paul Dumbrell grabbing pole on Sunday, and his teammate, Will Davison, and Mark Witterbottom, both getting podiums. It was on. I gave it everything I had. You know, certainly uh, I'm getting pretty hungry to win a race. Uh, but, uh, you know, all in all, it's a great job by everyone in the team this weekend. Our, all the cars were super quick. I didn't have the fuel economy of the other two cars for some reason in that race and lost a little bit of ground. I couldn't pit when they did and then um, come out behind them. So that was pretty well the race. And the uh, once the brakes go, you just you physically can't stop the car. It's pushing that hard on the pedal she just doesn't want to bite anymore so uh, you fight on and fight to the finish and um, yeah, it's a good result two cars on the podium it's it's a big turnaround for FPR we obviously did well last round and um, answered again with with this speed at this track so it was a you know good weekend. Garth Tando was spectacular on Saturday forging his way to the podium. You know just managed the car to the end and we ended up third so that's like a win for us. Tando is now closing in on Van Gisbergen for fourth position in the championship and with the car speed that the HRT driver was able to find he's still in the title hunt for third. You know starting 10th finishing third in front of the guys I'm battling for third in the championship and we couldn't be happy with that. 
Triple Eight Management was thrilled to have both cars back towards the front of the field. Engineer Dave Chucci spoke about the consistency of Team Vodafone. We've had a few races where we sort of had one car going really good, one car going not so good, but this weekend we got both cars back up to the front where where we, we like to be. And um, from a team's point of view and even a driver's championship point of view, um, we've done uh, pretty good for ourselves there. Team principal Adrian Burgess also heaped praise on their crew for the efforts across the weekend. Incredible, uh, incredible amount of work all the team's been doing. Uh, it's a testament to, to Jamie, to Craig and to all the crew at Triple Eight. Rick and Todd Kelly talked about their changing fortunes over the weekend. Rick having to sacrifice car speed for fuel economy on Sunday. We had to pit um, early at the second stop and uh, also that caused us to run very, very lean on the on the fuel. And of course when you do that you lose a lot of, a lot of straight line speed. So we dropped off a fair bit and let Todd go and tried to uh, consolidate there and just knock back a couple of spots there at the end. So not where we want to finish when you start at sixth obviously, but um, considering how lean the car was, we're pretty happy to, uh, to grab 12. Todd is now confident that he knows how to tune the car for the final races of the year. Unfortunately, it was mid-race at Simmons Plains when he worked out what he needed. If I could make one change to the car, uh, it would have made a big difference to um, to the race pace. But unfortunately, we were a third of the way into the race before I worked out exactly what we needed to do. Um, we made a little bit of a change in the pit stop, but overall it was a good result. And we're really starting to work out our little window where we where, where we need the car. And it's taken me a long time for everything like that to start to click, and um, and it finally is. So I can't wait to get the sand down. It's- Paul Dumbrell said that his main gate career might be winding up, but he was looking for regaining some lost respect. I'm never ever going to go out there with a vendetta and literally actually take anyone. That's, that's not the, my character, and that's nothing I'll ever do. But what I won't do is uh, be allowed to be myself, be pushed around uh, or not, and that's what's happened in the last uh, couple of races. Uh, it's all about respect, and it's one thing we haven't been shown, and we'll certainly stand uh, up for ourselves and uh, you know the Bottolo and uh, Team FPR. On a lighter note, Paul Dumbrell said he might prolong his racing career if they could just tweak the calendar a little bit to suit him. Maybe we should have the whole season, a four-round season in November. I might continue racing. Acting V8 CEO Shane Howard talked about the contract extension he signed with the Tasmanian Premier, which will see the series return to the Apple Isle for the foreseeable future. The Premier uh, and I uh, signed the contract for the extension to uh, the Tasmanian deal, which takes us through to uh, 2014. So it was great for the government to get behind it. I really saw the value. Obviously, when it was in doubt, uh, the people here really voted you know, very loudly. I mean, it dominated the news and talk back and uh, the media down here for, uh, you know, for that period. Premier Lara Giddings talked about what the series brings to the state. It's absolutely critical for us to keep having V8 supercars here in Tasmania. It does a lot, of course, for our local economy, which is one of the key reasons why the government supported the ongoing sponsorship. But it's also about the social element of it for the community, and it brings tourists to the state. So we're very pleased to have V8s back. And finally, the geeks from the program Beauty and the Geek made a visit to Simmons with one of the stars of the show, Jimmy, going for the ride of his life with Michael Caruso. Pretty much went as hard as I could, to be honest, so, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, it was an absolute blast. Thank you so much. It was absolutely incredible. No, mate, it's been great to um, great, great to have you here, and I um, hope you enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you very much. No worries. After the break on the Van Insiders, James Moffat joins us to share his experience of his rookie year in Tasmania. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. 
take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. James Moffat joins us. And, well, one of the tracks that you hadn't been to for a while was Simmons Plains and was probably not the weekend you were hoping for in the end. No, certainly not, Craig, but uh, I don't think that had any, anything to do with uh, my lack of experience at the track uh, in the V8 supercar. Like you said, uh, it had been a while since I raced at Simmons Plains, 2007 in a formal Ford to be precise so uh, a bit of a, a while between drinks down there but uh, yeah clearly a very frustrating weekend for everybody at Jim Beam Racing um, not only on my side of the garage but obviously uh, Steve Johnson's side as well so uh, we uh, definitely didn't have competitive cars down there and uh, I know that the team are doing every day, everything they can to uh, make sure that we have strong cars for this weekend coming up at Sandown. Now less than a week to get your car ready for this weekend at Sandown. Did the team take the cars back to Queensland or did they have a base down in Victoria for you? No, basically all the uh, Queensland teams arranged through V8 supercars uh, went straight from Simmons Plains, actually straight out to the circuit at Sandown. So uh, the uh, the cars, uh, I think, sailed uh, across the Bash Strait on Monday night and, uh, yeah, they all arrived at the circuit uh, Tuesday morning. So uh, they're all set up in pit lane and uh, the team's just sort of going through their uh, usual servicing uh, routine to the cars. Uh, obviously, a very tight turnaround for for not only um, everyone at Chimbeam Racing, but the whole Red Supercar field. So, uh, luckily, we came out of the weekend uh, with uh, not too much damage. So, uh, the boys will pretty well just service the cars and, and have them ready for uh, practice on Friday. Mm. This is one of the few times where you do race back to back, and I'll probably ask this question of you to get your opinion after it as well. But what do you think? Because when you get into the racing mode. It's better to keep racing, isn't it, than ha- keep having stop starts? Look, absolutely, yeah, definitely, that's right. Um, I, I guess it, it only becomes a, a bit of a drama for teams if uh, you know if there had been a, a big accident um, that somebody was involved in down at, at Simmons Plains, then uh, you know it makes it uh, very tough for the teams to, to turn a, a badly damaged car around in, in such short time. So. Uh, not so bad for, for a Victorian team, clearly, because they can come back to their workshop. But for a Queensland team, uh, you know, if there was substantial damage to a car that required uh, some repairs to, to the actual chassis, then uh, it would be tough work. But, you know, V8 supercars these days can uh, can work some pretty big miracles. Um, fortunately, you know, we don't have to worry about this that this weekend because, uh, like I said, we, we come out of Simmons Plains with uh, not so much damage. So it's, it's more uh, a case of... The guys just concentrating on uh, doing the servicing that they need to to the cars, um, and, and clearly for us drivers, you know, it's a couple of days recovery and straight back in it. So, uh, from my point of view, I'm looking forward to getting to Sandown. It's a circuit that I really enjoy. Um, obviously, being the Norton 360 Sandown Challenge, Norton are a great personal supporter of mine. So, uh, I'm I'm really pumped to get out there and do a good job for not only everybody at DJR, but of course all of, all the guys at Norton. 
One of the things Jason Bright said on the show a couple of weeks ago was that although the racing back-to-back is good, it is very consuming on a driver when you're doing a lot of public appearances and, and doing all the promotional stuff with sponsors. This one, as you just mentioned, is, a, is an important one to you because Norton have always been so good and supporting you. Have you noticed the load in this run-up towards Sydney towards the end of the year really increasing with personal commitments and sponsor commitments? Look, it certainly has been a, a, a you know, it is definitely a busy part of the year from uh, from Bathurst onwards uh, with, with the Gold Coast, obviously, you know, a couple of weeks after Bathurst and then the, these uh, final stretch of races in the lead up to Homebush. So for sure, you know, there's uh, always commitments um, in and around every race meeting we go to. And, and for me this weekend, there's a few extra ones because, like I said, uh, it, it's Norton's home event. And um, they uh, asked me to do a, a few more things than uh, what I usually do. But, uh, you know, it's all part and parcel of it. It's uh, part of the job these days. So, you know, gone are the days of just turning up to the track and, and focusing on uh, driving the car. That's obviously still a, uh, a very big priority. But, uh, you know, the, the commercial realities of the sport these days is, uh, you know, sponsors want um, more access to the drivers. And, you know, they're, they're completely... Uh, you know, they're completely right in, in you know, w- wanting that access. So, uh, you know, it's a, a part of the uh, part of the business that I enjoy, you know, getting around and, and seeing other people and uh, activating with the sponsors is, is, is very important. And, uh, you know, you can't really uh, forget that. Well, James, we wish you all the very best for this weekend and look forward to having a chat with you next week after what we hope is a very successful Norton 360. So do I. Thanks, Craig. Cheers. My thanks to James Moffat there. After the break, we have Richard Crowell and Adrian Mussolino. I hope you'll stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from V8X Magazine and, of course, the V8X Magazine website, it's Adrian Mussolino. Good evening, Adrian. Good evening. Thanks for having me. And the man who I'm not allowed to call the busiest man in motorsport until Mark Scaife finally gives up something, Richard Crail. <laughs> Hello, Craig. Hello, Adrian. How are we going? Pretty good. As the Apple Isle hosted the V8 Supercars once again, great to see the Premier there just smoothing things over. We were never going to let this race go. It was always going to be V8 Supercars 100%. Richard, you're involved with series. How much can you uh, see those crocodile smiles? Oh, look. Uh, you know what politicians are like, Craig. It's uh, that's the way they are. I, I I honestly couldn't see the V8s not going there. It's a very important event. The V8s make a lot out of being the only major sporting sort of franchise, I guess you could call it, in Australia that goes to all major states and even a territory. So 
if they didn't go to Tasmania, they couldn't say they did that. It would uh, it wouldn't work out, and uh, you know they wouldn't have that feather in their bow. So um, the, the the most pleasing thing for me was the way that the the Tassie fans um, embraced the event and and sort of celebrated it being by, being back by being there. Uh, I, I think the crowd was significantly up from last year. Weather certainly helped, no doubt. But uh, I, I you know whether you believe the eight supercar crowd figures or not. The crowd was definitely up. There were more people there. It looked fantastic. You know, they'd done some work on the circuit. The place was presented pretty well. Uh, and I thought the event went really, really well. So, good weekend. It's great that they've got a long-term future in Tasmania. They need to be there. It's a fantastic market for them. Uh, I, I think they need to do more more work on building uh, V8 supercars base down there because it's a captive audience, quite literally, uh, but, but a very enthusiastic one as well. And a uh, state that's passionate about sport and, and loves having major national level events there. So, yeah, the smiles might have been a little bit forced, but uh, I'm I'm very pleased they've got it all done and it was a great weekend and uh, very glad to see the V8s back there in the long run. Mm, Adrian, it is one of my favourite tracks for many, many reasons, but I think it's important that we have a almost Speedway-style circuit on the calendar because makes a very different way teams look at racing in the V8 supercars. If they make a mistake, go through pit lane, no safety car will necessarily help you because you will be a lap down. Very much so. It's such a unique circuit down there and the hairpin, the banking, the short lap. Qualifying is always interesting for that reason as well. You cannot get a clear lap. As Craig Brown showed on Sunday, you're down the grid. So there's so many variables that inevitably spice up the racing down there. Weather is sometimes a factor. It wasn't over the weekend, but we've seen rain there in the past. So it's such a great event. And backing what Richard said, the crowd was noticeably up from last season. There's no doubt about that. So that just proves it belongs there. Mm. Jamie Wincup wouldn't have complained that uh, they're going back there because he's always done reasonably well down there and he swept last weekend. Is this the beginning of the end of the championship in as much as Jamie's now got more than a race buffer, Adrian? Do we expect him to have a DNF, which would be now getting close to the only way Craig can beat him? It'll take a DNF, definitely. It'll take a Craig Lounge at surface-type weekend for Jamie at Sandown to really turn this championship heading into the finale. And I, you know, you just can't see it. I think for Jamie, Bathurst was... Not so much a wake-up call, but a bit of a warning sign that things can go pear-shaped unexpectedly. You know, he's had great reliability all season, gets to Bathurst, it goes wrong, championship lead evaporates. He doesn't want to repeat of last season where he missed out right at the end. So I think that was a wake-up call and he just wants this all wrapped up by Sydney. Mm. Richard, what did you take from the sweep? Because it did look like Jamie was just saying, this is mine, no one's taking it. Yeah, it was. He crushed them and, and even didn't qualify, I thought, particularly well. It's all relative. You miss out on pole by a few hundredths of a second at Simmons Plains and you P6 or 7. But, you know, they never once looked like they wouldn't challenge for the victory at any stage across that weekend. So despite the strength of full performance racing, you probably should have won at least one of those races. He's going to win the championship. He's going to win it by a pretty comfortable buffer. I was thinking about this with some of the guys on Sunday night over a quite refreshing uh, beverage or two. That it's funny how the sport's cyclical, isn't it? Last year, Formula One, most amazing season. 
you know, four drivers fought out for the championship in the final round. V8 Supercars went down to the last race in the most dramatic way you can imagine with that amazing finale in Sydney. And this year, Vettel's blown the mind in F1. Wing Cup's doing the same in V8 Supercars, despite that scare at, uh, at Mount Panorama, as Adrian mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, he's got this one win. It, you know, I don't like domination by one driver at the best of times, but you just have to sit back and be impressed about how good the guy is. And in equal machinery with Craig Lowndes, he's doing the job. So it's a phenomenal performance. I think he will win the championship, there's no doubt. Uh, it would take just the worst weekend of all time for him to uh, to be caught up from now. Uh, and he's going into tracks that, that he likes and he enjoys. So, uh, yeah, the dominating season for Jamie Winkup, no doubt about it. Now, you touched on something there, Richard. FPR should have won on Saturday. And uh, it was a real change and a good change. We weren't talking about here on uh, the V8 Insiders how FPR's pit crew has let them down again. This time we're talking about FPR drivers actually did themselves in by mixing it up and eventually Garth got through to steal their podium. Yeah, they did. And, yeah, you've got to... I don't know, it's tough, isn't it, FPR? You've got to wonder what's going on. You really, really do. And if it's not one thing, it's the other. Now, whether they ran over 100 black cats before the start of the season, whether you believe that that's possible or not, uh, whether luck influences things like that... um, it's just remarkable, isn't it? I think the shining light from them is that, as we saw at the Gold Coast, they've got their soft tyre pace sorted out. And, and, you know, we sat there at the Gold Coast and looked at that. They were fast and we thought, OK, well, maybe it's just a one-off because it's a straight circuit and it's it's a strange round, it's unique. Uh, but Simmons Plains, all three of their cars went very, very fast, the fastest um, in the field. I don't think there's any doubt about that, bar Jamie Winkup. But... Yeah, once again, they found a way to uh, clutch defeat from the jaws of victory. But, you know, I think it's positive signs that all three cars were there. They were fast at Sandown last year, as we saw with Paul Dumbrell. So they've got to be positive going into that round. All that team needs to do now is win some races. They they desperately need to win races, whether it's Frosty or Davo or, or PD. They've got to win races now to get their confidence back because... This year must be soul-destroying for some of the guys there. Adrian, what's your thoughts on the FPR train wreck? The question for me is, why does it take them half a season to get up there on the podium and win races? And this is a familiar pattern now for the last few seasons, and they really need to work that out because they lose the championship. By getting such a poor start, it takes them a few rounds to develop and get their stuff together, and then their challenges, but... By the time we reach Tassie and Sandown at the end of the season, then it's really too late to mount the championship challenge. So there's some questions that need to be asked. They're still not sure what's going on technically as well. I just think it shouldn't take that long, for example, to sort out the soft tyres when the rest of the grid seems to be managing fine. Mm, it's an interesting problem. But we did see the Gears and Dumbrell get into it. Are we going to wait till Sydney before these two actually tell us what they really think? Well, it's not really Dumbrell's telling us what he really thinks, but the Giz is keeping it very low key, Adrian. Well, I think Shane's over it by his response to a few questions in Tassie. I think he's well and truly over it. I think, you know, the thing with Paul is he knows he's walking away from the sport at the end of the year. There's, you know, he potentially could do Enduros for the next couple of years, but he doesn't really want to be doing that long term, he said um, to VADX plug there and um, I think he sort of feels a bit off the leash that he can you know make a few comments and say a few things. Now, Shane is such an aggressive driver and 
he has roughed up a few drivers up and down the grid, and I think Paul just put his foot down and had enough. And but Shane's response is very much shrug his shoulders and walk away, and I'm not too interested. I just want to get on with it. Mm, it's interesting. The funny, Craig. The funny thing is that quite a few people were saying, "Well, how come Pete didn't PD didn't start talking like this about five years ago?" Because in the space of um, in the space of a month, he's given people more quotes and and more great ammunition to write stories than he has in the last five years. And as we know, that's what the sport needs. And it's sort of the Kyle Bush factor, isn't it? You want that outspoken personality in your series, and the sport still probably lacks that every now and then. And you know, PD's decided now's the time to stand up. And from a media perspective, and from from a Geno perspective, it's great. It's it's a fantastic way to see the drivers expressing themselves. And I don't personally don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of. Uh, bit of a rumble like that i think it's good no we need someone to wear the black hat and someone to wear the white hat and they can change it as much as they like time for gas and go on the v8 insiders gas and go is brought to you by v8x magazine log on to the official v8x magazine facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes Guess and go on the V8 Insiders. We know the rules. We just never stick to them. Five questions in three minutes. Richard Crail, will the new pit crew rules help a bad back? Uh, too early to see yet. Uh, it's, it's one of those changes that sort of has just evolved as the season's gone on. Uh, it, it might it might help, but I think it's probably too early to see. Adrian? It might, but it's going to cause another issue in that there's going to be a bit more crowding in tight pit lanes, and I think we could see more incidents as a result of that mm. in the coming rounds next season. I want to tee off on this, but we don't have time in guess and go. How is having every car exactly the same, Adrian, going to make better racing? Regarding for the future? Yeah. Um, it's very much wait and see. The initial um, talk regarding car of the future is that it is positive for the sport. The drivers who have driven it have had glowing things to say about it. Um, I'm not too sure. We've got to wait and see, I think. Parity is always a bit of a hot topic in the sport, but it's what we need for a close group. Richard? There were uh, 28 cars covered by seven and a half tenths of a second at the weekend, 15 of them covered by two tenths. You can't tell me they're basically all the same now. Um, What I think will change is that the car of the future will be a better race car. The current cars, you talk to any of the internationals that come down, are not particularly fantastic cars to drive. They're very, very difficult to drive, uh, what Car of the Future will bring is actually be a better race car. It'll give them more confidence. They'll be able to brake better, turn in better, get their power down better, and that may produce better racing. I, I don't think having 28 cars super, super close um, is necessarily the reason why we have dull races. NASCAR, NASCARs are almost all identical, and yet their road course racing is some of the most entertaining in the world. So I think it's the actual product that needs to be looked at. Richard, whilst, why is... Paul Dumbrell, Mr. November? Uh, I don't know. That's a very good question, and I reckon if you could find out, you'd probably be able to sell it to some of the other drivers to find out. Yeah, whatever reason, he clicks at Simmons Plains and he clicks at uh, Sandown Raceway. It, it might be something to do with what Adrian mentioned before with FPR coming on strong at the end of the year. Uh, it might be just the fact he likes the circuits and has got plenty of miles in them. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure he's pretty happy that he is. Adrian? Maybe it's that Mo. He was the first of the drivers onto the Movember kick. I, I think if Paul knew the answer to that question, he wouldn't be retiring and he'd try to fly it to every other racetrack. I think the tracks just suit his style. He's very strong on brakes, so 
at Tassie, for example, it suits into the hairpin. And uh, I think Mark Winterbottom said that he was actually the strongest of the three FPR cars into that turn. I think as a Paul's a very much a confidence driver, and when the car's working, he tends to just sort of lift his game and go up to that next level. So I think it's just reflective of where FPR is at the moment. I shouldn't ask this question in Gas and Go, Adrian, but I am. What's the future for one-car teams? Uh, they don't have one. <laughs> From you know, looking at the grid and where everyone's going to shake out for next season, for example, Dean Fiore, who is it's unconfirmed that he will um, end up within the Dick Johnson Racing stable, they need to be aligned with those bigger teams to, to go forward. I don't think single-car entries can make it on the grid anymore. It's just too competitive. Richard? Yeah, it goes back to what we were saying before about being being so close that to get an edge, you need to have teammates to, to draw on for data and for engineering and, and everything else that goes with it. And it's economies of scale as well. It's an expensive game. The more cars you run, the, the cheaper per car it is to run. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think they have a future. Well, Richard, what battle are you focusing in on now that Jamie's all back got the championship in his pocket? Uh, the only battle I'm focusing on, Craig, is the battle to beat Jamie Winkup. I'd like to see someone come out and, uh, and knock him off in the last four races. I've got uh, the Trading Post FPR Falcon second circled as the most likely one. I think uh, I think um, Will Davison has been very, very good in the second half of the year, and I think he'll be one to, to knock him off. So that's what I'm looking for. Perhaps what we need is something like Paul Morris did when he nailed Winkup in the final race at Oran Park a few years ago. And, uh, well, with Dumbrell retiring and uh, he's in a Ford, we could see that. Bring back the day. Get Shane in there as well and just make it an all-in brawl, why not? Um, it'll make it interesting end of the season. And um, I think the, the battle I'm looking forward to is not just the battle for the top three, although I think Mark Winterbottom will have that sealed given his form. The battle to get in the top ten is interesting because you've got Alex Davis and Fabian Coulthard, two drivers out of a ride next season, sort of fighting for top ten spots. And that'll look pretty good on their CV when they hit the market. So I think that'll be interesting. Mm, Gas and Go is brought to you by VADX Magazine. The new one on sale right now is lethal. Check it out. Gas and Go is brought to you by the VADX Magazine. Log on to the official VADX Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Adrian Mussolino and Richard Crowell will be back with us in just a few moments here on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It is time to talk Sandown with Richard Crail, the busiest man in motorsport. SBS Speed Week was where you can catch him on the box. And if you want to read anything about motorsport and V8 supercars in particular, then Adrian Mussolino in V8X Magazine has got heaps for you to read there. And the website, www.v8xmagazine.com.au. And, Adrian, I guess one of the major questions is, will Bridie's ribs be good enough for him to take his position in the car come this weekend? 
Yeah, it could be touch and go given the tight turnaround between Tazin and Sandown. You wonder whether he should risk it. Um, there's always the, you know, you don't want to aggravate those types of injuries as you did in Tassie. You know, he's fighting for one of those spots in the top 10. You know, how is it worth it? You know, um, risk versus reward. Um, not too sure. I think we'll see. I think he'll play it by and wait till Friday, see how he goes. Otherwise, I think Cam might be getting another phone call. Mm. Richard, what do you think? Cam did a pretty good job. He did a very good job, and, and as you'd expect from a guy with that much experience, but he jumped in, and after finding a few laps to find the car and work out how it behaved, he started punching out some good lap times. He went from last into the top 20, which at that place is tough, uh, especially with the way BJR have been at late. They haven't had the fastest cars in the field. Uh, his best lap, I think, was faster than one of his teammates and only a fraction slower than the other. So, um, yeah, good performance by Cam, but BJR are in a, a position where they have... Uh, a good base of drivers they can call on if they do need to uh, replace Bridie. Obviously, Cam's one. Uh, the other would have to be Andrew Jones, who did a pretty good job in the Enduros, a couple of top tens there, and, and has a plenty of experience and would be very, very safe to put in the BOC car and go quickly. Um, it would be a shame for Bridie if he misses it, though. Uh, it would end a streak of, I think it's 140, it's nearly 150 anyway, uh, consecutive round or event starts in V8 supercars. So, uh, stretches all the way back to the year 2000 so that would be an end to that run but yeah he's got to take care of his back he's got to get it right i'm so looking forward to seeing what those guys can do with some stability working into the long term and that's got to be their objective they're not going to win a championship this year um but they need to keep working together and hopefully we can see bridie continue to deliver what some of what he's shown this season which Mm. has been very good could we see jason richards sub for Jason Bright in the BOC car. What a dream story that would make. Richard, The last this is the last sprint round at Sandown before the 500 returns. Are we excited about the sprint round or are we excited about the 500 next year? Oh, we're excited about the 500 next year, Craig. I, I, I really, really enjoy the Sandown sprint round and I like the way they're building the heritage side of it and... And it's ironic that this is the last sprint round, but it's the first year they've actually gone and got the historic Group A and C cars there to race, which is fantastic. So you have those guys, you have Touring Car Masters, V8 Supercars, and, you know, it actually really is an event that's starting to develop into something good. However, uh, as we've spoken about on this show before, the Sandown 500 is the heritage of the sport right up there with Bathurst. So... I'm thrilled that that's coming back. I really look forward to it. This will be an interesting weekend. I hope the weather's looking pretty good by the sounds of it. And Adrian's a local, so he can probably comment more than I can. But good weather. It should be a good crowd. Everyone's uh, chilled out in Melbourne. End of spring racing carnival. It's a great way to end it. It should be a good weekend. And, yeah, the penultimate round of the year before we head to Sydney for the, the Sydney Telstra 500. Adrian, your thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, I've seen some friends just last night and they don't follow the sport too closely and when I told them it was Sandown this weekend they immediately asked us at the 500 because it's so connected Sandown 500 it's what everyone recognises the event as and it's back to where it belongs it's what sort of uh, really looking at the 2012 calendar having Clipsall back as the first event of the season and then Sandown 500 back it's where those events belong it just makes it that much better for fans and drivers alike and it's you know, speaking of the heritage round, you know, I think I hope to see that continuing next season because the, the 500 is so much heritage itself. Mm. 
what are we going to think about here going into this race? Can Craig Lowndes do enough to try and manipulate this championship into the last round, or is this going to be another Jamie Wing Cup benefit? Adrian? It's, um, I think it could be an FPR um, benefit this weekend. I think they could be hard to beat, um, all three of those drivers. But it's going to be interesting to see where Jamie and Craig end up. Um, you know, I think they might be fighting for podiums. As I said, it's going to take some big misfortune for Jamie, crash, reliability, something like that, to stop him. And I can just see him sort of not confirming it at Sandown, but just making making sure that he just needs to go to Sydney and just you know, needs a 20th or a 19th to just confirm it. I think that's what he's after. Mm, just so we can kick it around the back half of the field for the last quarter there, Richard. Yeah, pretty much exactly right. They were, uh, yeah, just playing the playing the clock down for an AFL analogy. Yeah, I agree with what Adrian said. I, I think uh, I think it will be an FPR weekend. Just the way they're building and their pace there last year looks really good. Uh, I personally think it'll be Will Davison who wins. He'd like to bounce back after the horrible round he had there with a massive crash uh, in the HRT Commodore at the end of what was uh, the worst year of his career by far. But. Um, yeah, and, and I think Wing Cup and Lowndes on the podium. In answer to the question, no, I don't think Craig can manipulate anything in the fight to, to beat Jamie because Craig might go and win all three races, but if he does, you can pretty much be guaranteed that Wing Cup will be there in uh, in third or fourth place or even second right behind him. So uh, I think uh, championships the least of the worries at the moment. I think we need to look for some exciting racing at Sandown and maybe a couple of new winners to uh, to spring up on the leaderboard. Mm, it is going to be an interesting weekend. And, of course, uh, we get to see the cars back on to that entrance into Dandenong Road, and everyone remembers Garth Tander's shunt last year, and I'm sure Garth will remember that as he heads in there this year as well. Richard, you've been stellar in your tipping so far on the V8 Insiders, and uh, to give oh, you a no. heads up, I went for Greg Murphy last weekend. And uh, that wasn't good. So, Adrian, you're on the FPR train. Do you think they can do one, two, three, or is it going to be one of them and a couple of Vodafones? I think it could be one of them and a couple of Vodafones. And, you know, you shouldn't do this as a journo, but I'd like to see Paul Dumbro take one just before he you know, hangs up the helmet and puts the suit on and goes to work at Autobahn. And I think that'd be a nice story and nice end of the season. Well, I appreciate your time. Adrian, always a pleasure to have you on the show. The latest edition of VADX magazine is out now and Lethal's on the cover. Cool, thank you. And Richard, SBS Speed Week, have you got the wrap-up of the Formula 3s this week on the show? Uh, we do, actually. All the, the final round of the Shannon's Nationals from Phillip Island. Plenty of great racing there and lots more to go. And I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, I'll be there calling some touring car masters racing, so really looking forward to that. It's a great track. JB, Jimmy Richards... Uh, Andrew Medici, Glenn Seaton, all those guys will be on the circuit, so it should be great fun. Mm. The white flag is up. Ne- the white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. Jason Bright talks us more about uh, Bathurst and Daryl Waltrip. I hope you stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing: V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week on the White Flag Lap, Jason Bright joins me to talk about the US TV deal 
And what about taking Daryl Waltrip for those laps around the mountain? I was amazed how you know, it immediately got you know, half a million hits on on YouTube, and uh, you know it's it's been quite amazing. You know, he's he's obviously a, a very well known person, and to see him react the way that he did in the car and and the comments that he made, I mean, it's, it's a shame that. You know, we haven't got the whole three laps up there because apparently he was talking for the whole three laps. But, you know, you do get uh, some a couple of snippets from it um, on YouTube. But, you know, I think that at some stage, hopefully, we'll get the chance to put the, the whole three laps the whole three laps up there and uh, and get a really good laugh out of it. Mm. Of course, uh, it was interesting in as much as what they did with the U.S. coverage. You have a lot of friends over in the States from when you were racing over there. What was their feedback to you about what they saw with Mike Joy and Daryl and, and Lee Diffie doing the commentary? Well, I mean, it's it's been great. I mean, I, I think that you know not only not only Bathurst, but I mean, all of our races are getting televised over there now. So, you know, they there's certainly um, you know all, all the people that I know over there are able to, to to follow it a lot closer and and they know what's going on week to week rather than you know just seeing the big races. But you know, to get Bathurst televised live over there and, and then the Gold Coast as well. I mean, those guys from Speed, like Daryl and, and Mike Joy, weren't even meant to be coming out to Gold Coast. But the reaction from Speed was, you know, the, the, you know, we want you to go back out there for the Gold Coast now. So it's, you know, it's certainly great for V8 Supercars to, to be televised on Speed. And, and um, you know, I, I think it's going to help V8 supercars and the drivers, you know, open up doors over there. I think that it's a big part of, uh, you know, our race heading over to Texas that, you know, we are better known when we do go there. Mm. And, of course, uh, the profile that that you got from it isn't going to help hurt your dreams of going to Le Mans. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm still keen to get over there and any bit of exposure you can get overseas, you know, that's why I think that having bad supercars televised more readily on Motors TV in Europe and and uh, and on speed in, in the US. You know, when you do talk to the teams in those countries there, you know, at least they know who you are, they know the racing's tough, they know the, the, you know that we do long races. You know, it, it's not... You're not just some guy calling from the other side of the world, um, you know, and they've got plenty of guys at their fingertips over there. So it, it does, it does definitely help. And, you know, I think it'll, it'll help not only their supercar drivers pick up drives overseas, but, you know, even the younger guys, you know, I think that Australia's credibility as a, as a country with, uh, you know, some good motorsport going on, you know, goes up a, a pretty big notch. Mm. Now, seriously, Jason, your laps with Daryl, 80%, 90%. Or ninety nine percent round the mountain. Well, you know, we're only we're only meant to do eighty percent or something. But um, no, I mean it was a, it was still pretty quick. I mean, I think I did a twelve eight, and so you know, considering the the weight of uh, him in the car, um, you know, it was it was the equivalent of a high nine or a ten. So, you know, on on used tyres, that's a, a pretty good lap time. So I think that you know he definitely got a pretty good ride. Um, you know, and uh, you know the car was moving around and. So he was, uh, you know, he was, he was definitely uh, in, in the passenger seat for a pretty good period. Mm. Well, Jason, always a pleasure to catch up with you. All the best with the back, of course, uh, in 2012 when you go to Sandown. It'll be for 500 Ks again. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. And, um, yeah, cheers for the chat. My thanks to James Moffat. Hey, Jason Bright. Hope you're all right for this weekend, mate. Adrian Mussolino and Richard Crail as the Checker Flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.